Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got uh, Andy. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Grand, thank you very much. Uh, and with me this week, uh, making her debut, uh, she's not been on this pod before, um, is a uh, Barcelona fan. Is em- em- <laughs> Emma, is it? Yeah, I know. It's been a while. Oh, you've been on before, have you? Um, many years ago. <laughs> You're probably the old presenter. I heard he's a real idiot. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> uh, okay, right. So this week we're going to be talking about the FA Cup games that happened. There was a couple of Premier League games, uh, bits and bobs of news. Some of it racist, some of it not. Um, transfers, leagues, and the Premier League. So we will get started in the magic of the FA Cup earlier on this week on Tuesday. Forest Green Rovers one, Birmingham City two. Um, I advise anyone to check the highlights out on this to see Neil Etheridge's uh, triple save, if anybody hasn't seen that. It's absolutely something. Um, Swansea 1, Bristol City 2, uh, Wigan 1, Luton 2. That was a 98th minute uh, Elijah Adebayo winner. Uh, West Brom 4, Chesterfield 0. Uh, and the televised game on TV on Tuesday night was uh, Wolves 0, Liverpool 1. Harvey Elliott with a rather lovely goal. Um, as I, I don't think either of you have seen the goal but, uh, on this, have you? No, one, no. it's Liverpool, two, it's cup football. <laughs> well, look, Harvey Elliott was allowed to run an incredibly long way uh, and the keeper was off his line a little bit. I have uh, dared not ask Justin, just in case I asked the wrong question. Um, and uh, oh, actually, his book's out this week, so everyone buy Justin Bryant's book uh, at Keepers underscore Union on Twitter. Uh, and um, they sort of held out pretty well for the win. Wolves didn't really have... An awful lot of chances. They only had two shots on target the entire match, and I could only remember one of those, and that was right at the very end. So Liverpool weren't spectacular, but they were pretty decent. It was a nice goal from Harvey Elliott with his shredded wheat haircut. Um, but that wasn't what people were talking about, was it, um, Andy? People were talking a little bit about what happened before the game on the in the in the studio. Ah, oh, you mean the the pawn phone? incident yes that was uh, so that I didn't see it I still haven't actually seen the incident but I get a, a message from my mate kind of just after it happened and he obviously hadn't heard it right or maybe you know what actually I'm just thinking now it's probably just been autocorrect because he says I there was all these horn noises started coming out <laughs> and I'm just thinking did he actually think he heard horns and uh-huh. it's literally just come to me at this moment that no he's actually probably his phone said done him a a disservice <laughs> and corrected that for him so um yeah i don't know i saw a picture which suggested that the phone was some old nokia thing or something that had been taped to the back of a chair or under a table or something but yeah it's um 
obviously a disgruntled employee on his way out, I would assume. No, sorry. Or Micah Richards having a laugh. It was neither of those. It was a professional YouTube prankster. Oh, uh, yeah, which sort of took the gloss off it a little bit, um, because this is a grown man in his forties and he's called Jarvo sixty nine, uh, and you know it starts mm. get yeah it starts getting less funny. This is the same guy who uh, a couple of years ago when um, India were playing England at the cricket, uh, India took a wick, wicket and as all the players ran in and sort of huddled to celebrate in the middle of the pitch, he jumped out from the crowd wearing Indian cricket whites and. Um, uh, and uh, he jo- tried to join in the celebrations to the security guard got him. So he- he's a fan of the old banter, is Jarvo69. Um, did anyone hear what Ali McCoy said the next day? I don't know. Uh, so he was on Talk Sport the next day with Laura Woods talking about this, and she asked him uh, if he'd seen it. He confirmed he had, but he wasn't sure because he said in his experience he never heard a woman make those noises before, so he wasn't sure what she was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and oh, Ali's the best. <laughs> he is. Uh, and the fun didn't stop there because um, pretty much just after kickoff, uh, the lights went out in the stadium for a couple of seconds as well. There was a um, uh, a brief blackout. Um, but Glinica and everyone at half time, they sort of professionally did their best. They dropped a couple of one liners in. He said that it was a, um, a Harvey Elliott wall bang banger that was the. Uh, or ball banger, I think he said. There you go, that's me ruined it for you. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that happened. Uh, FA Cup on Wednesday, Leeds 5, Cardiff 2. Uh, Gnonto's goal. Crikey, Andy, you saw the highlights of this, didn't you? That first one. I did, yes. It, it's funny. Obviously, the goal immediately kind of brings to mind is De Canio's uh, goal for West Ham. Yes. Many, 2001, I think it might have been. Um, Gnonto was very humbly said that Canio's was the better goal. I was I was inclined to agree at first, but the more I watched Nonto's goal, I kind of wonder because Canio could see that ball coming the whole way. Nonto kind of had the defender right in front of him the whole time. So and there was a it was fairly quick reactions when he realised it was going to drop over the defender's head. So yeah, he's been a real bright uh, spot for for Leeds in the last few weeks. Um, yeah. And yeah, he looks a, a very good, very good prospect. I really like the look of him. The thing about that goal, I couldn't figure out until they showed the action slow motion replay from the other angle how he'd scored it because he got that player marking so close. You're right, he got that close attention. Um, but I really like him. I saw him. It might have been in the first game of the cup uh, for Leeds, and then watched him a few times on match of the day. He's one of those players. He's just a very, very positive player. His first instinct when he gets the ball is to run at somebody or to make an attacking move, isn't it? He's, um, he's really, really quite... He's got that sort of... Not scared, but he's not scared because he's got youth and he doesn't know any different. Yeah, if, if Leeds could tighten up defensively, which, I mean, obviously was a problem when, when Bielsa was there and is, it continued to be a problem now that Marsh is there, there would be a dangerous outfit, Leeds, because I like what they're doing... Uh, going forwards, Nonto's been really good. Uh, Crescencio Somerville has come on to a real game this season. Uh, they've got Sinistera in the, the left wing, who's also a very good, uh, exciting uh, wing player. Um, I, I like a lot of what they're doing going forward, but yeah, you're just. As was proven during that game, actually, with the two goals they conceded to Cardiff, they're always likely to give teams chances, and, and better teams than Cardiff have have punished them and will continue to do so. 
Yeah, um, I can't remember what he said, but Jesse Marsh, after the game, was quite animated, wasn't he? He was talking about the BS around his players. Um, yeah, it's, it's odd because earlier on in the week, I, I don't know if maybe the pressure's starting to get to him a bit because earlier in the week when they lost, I think it was 1-0 to, I actually can't remember who it was they lost to, but he was adamant that had been their best performance since he'd gotten there. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. He seems slightly more exasperated in, in recent uh, interviews. Uh, he is under a lot of pressure, a lot of the time from his own fans. Um, yeah, I just wonder if it's maybe starting to get to him a bit. I do wonder with the fans, is his biggest crime not being Marcelo Bielsa? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's certainly what it is. Bielsa was... I, I mean, Bielsa's an enigma. You know, uh, it's not just the, the football they were playing on the pitch. It was not just getting them back into the Premier League. It was, it was everything surrounding uh, the, the mythology of the man himself. Mm. Um, Jesse Marsh does come across as a bit of a geography teacher sometimes. <laughs> I think is is probably how you you might sum it up. Is he a bit David Brenty? He has a wee, yeah, he has a wee bit. Um, but again, they're, they're doing okay in the league. Don't get me wrong; it's just going to take one or two bad results to drag them right into a relegation battle again. But I mean, considering where I think people thought Leeds would be this season, I, I, I don't know if he could be doing much more with what he's got at his disposal. Yeah, um, Emma, you uh, have a lot of spare time uh, over in the United States, don't you? I do have a lot of spare time, yeah. Um, do you spend a lot of that spare time watching sports channels or TV channels over there? And if so, is Marsh talked about a lot being an American manager in a high-profile league? I, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. No. You're watching Golden Girls or something instead? Obviously. Okay. Greatest show ever. <laughs> is it? It's amazing. Have you never seen it? Oh, I have, but about 30 years ago, so I can't remember how good it was. It's fabulous. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a friend. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, start singing it. <laughs> that's all I know. Do you know more? <laughs> no. Oh, you do. Oh, that's... Maybe. Yeah, go on then. No. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, okay, Emma, you don't watch cup football. Do you watch Premier League football in midweek? Sometimes. Did you this week? I saw the second half of them. So you saw Spurs? You didn't see Palace Man United? No, why would anybody? Well, because you committed to coming on to a podcast to talk about the week's football. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, and last time I was going to, I did the research and then I vomited all over the floor, so I thought, I'm not taking any chances. <laughs> did you, what was what? In case I was allergic to highlights. <laughs> was what you watched that bad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, I'm afraid back to you then, Andy. So, Crystal Palace won, um, and Manchester United won. Bruno Fernandes opened the score. Michael Alisa with a 91st minute uh, free kick. No celebration, which I think you said was because um, he said postman don't deliver the post. So, why should I celebrate a goal? Is that right? No. I was a postman celebrate delivering the post, so why should I celebrate a goal? So, yeah, I. Yeah, this game. The, the, United can't fail to be disappointed with this. They've been on such a good run. Mm. Felt like they'd maybe thrust themselves back into a, a unexpected title race, I think, this season with the win over City. Um, 
this has probably brought them back down to earth a bit. And then, of course, just to compound the, the misery, Casemiro uh, picking up the mm. booking that will see him suspended for the Arsenal game, which is a huge game anyway, but especially given the context of this season, he'll be a big loss for them because he's probably been their best player. Um, it's, it took him a few games to settle in. But since then, he's been outstanding. He's everywhere in that pitch. for uh, So much so that I've seen some fairly ludicrous takes on Twitter about, oh, can you believe that he was being held back all these years at Real Madrid? And it's like, yes, you're correct. The, one of the world's best <laughs> defensive midfielders in a team that's won multiple Champions Leagues was definitely being held back until he arrived at Old Trafford. Of which he scored one um, of their best goals in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not the craziest um, Casemiro take I've seen this week. Um, people saying that uh, Tom's party is a much better player than Casemiro is probably the, the strangest take I've seen. As an Arsenal fan, even you must think that's a bit um, ludicrous. Well, I, I have uh, opinions on Tom's party about whether they should be <laughs> playing in that. It's, it's the one downside to being an Arsenal fan uh, with them being at the top of the league is that unfortunately... An alleged rapist is playing a fairly big part in that. Um, I'd, I'd much prefer it wasn't in the team, to be honest. Uh, but also, yes, the idea that he's a better player than Casemiro, who's been doing this at the top level for a decade at this point, is even as an Arsenal fan, that's nonsense. <laughs> Emma, team party, team Casemiro, footballing based only. Because <laughs> because uh, we we haven't got the man on post lawyers with us this week, so. <laughs> I get to choose between a Real Madrid player yeah. and a, an alleged rapist. <laughs> exactly. You don't know how hard that choice actually is. <laughs> <laughs> also, you don't need a lawyer. We've said alleged twice. It's fine. We've okay. Alleged. We could say anything. Oh, alleged dog botherer. Definitely like did that. it. Allegedly, he definitely did it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, Crystal Palace has got 13 points from losing positions this season, which in one way is good because it shows your team's got spirit uh, and a bit of vigour about them. But um, in other ways, you're getting into losing positions an awful lot, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's scarily like Rangers at the moment since Michael Beale took over, I think, all games. But no, in fact, I'm fairly certain we've been behind in eight of the nine league games we've played under Michael Beale so far and come back to either win or draw all of those Palace aren't as lucky as to play in a league where they can afford to fall behind in so many of those games so the fact that they've actually pulled so many points out of the bag is is to their credit I don't think it's been a brilliant season for Palace, I think Vieira will probably be quite disappointed that they haven't built a little more Mm. on last season uh, they've been unfortunate with some injuries as well. I don't think Aze's played a lot this season, and he's been he was excellent for them last season. Yeah, um, they're still struggling a bit for goals. Odson Edward hasn't quite been the signing I think they hoped he would be after all the goals he scored at, at Celtic. Um, oh, talk to him about yeah. Come talk to you a little bit about him because he was very prolific yeah. up in Scotland, wasn't he? Um, he was. Yeah, and when he came down. I, he obviously looked, it looked a good player, but at the same time, is the fact that he was doing well in Scotland, like, you know, doing really well in 
some you know a lower league and then coming to the Premier League and and that's we're now seeing the player he actually is or have we not I got the best think... out of him? I'm just basically tr- so not, I'm trying not to say that about... I'm trying not to say that the Scottish league is really shit. <laughs> that's what I'm trying I to mean, do. I don't think the Scottish league is is really shit. No. It's certainly not as high a level as the Premier League. The one thing I would say about Edward and I think it's probably the thing you could say about say. Joe Rebo, who hasn't exactly set the the world alight at Southampton either, is that Edward and Rebo also both proved that in Europe, yeah, um, Edward scoring a, a fairly famous uh, for famous for Celtic uh, winner when they beat Lazio three one in Rome hmm. uh, fairly recently. He was he was excellent in that game. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's possible. It is possibly just that the, the pace of the game down there is a, is a little slower than it is in Scotland, a bit more technical, maybe has been found out slightly more, but at the same time he's, he's clearly, he clearly knows the way to go, because like I said it wasn't just doing it in the league, he wasn't doing it, just doing it at Rugby Park hmm. he, he was doing it in like the, the Olympico and so on so yeah, he's a decent enough player, is he does he have it in him to be top ten in the, the Premier League? No, probably not. But it, for a team like Palace, he should probably be scoring more than he does. Yeah, and that's fair. I quite like watching Dembele at Leon. Um, without being prolific, I quite like him as a player. Yeah, it's, it's curious. It feels like every transfer window for like the last five or six, he's been linked with a big move somewhere. Mm. And it hasn't happened, and all of a sudden you just don't really hear him in in those circles anymore. So, yeah, he, again, another very good player, maybe not an out and out goal scorer, but yeah, someone who could who could probably still do a job. Yeah, certainly at kind of mid table level in the Premier. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, right, moving to Thursday Premier League, Manchester City four, uh, Spurs two. So Spurs two and up at half time with goals from Dejan Kulusevski and Emerson Royale. Uh, it all went wrong in the second half. Now I. I said this tweet to you earlier on guys I was going to say to Jesse if she's on she might be on later on um, there are people that don't believe in God but do believe in Spurs um, that's quite an apt tweet really isn't it Emma <laughs> yeah they'll never change will they no but oh. they're reassuringly consistent yeah I don't know must hate it <laughs> Do you think he absolutely like, loads he it? Must be, yeah, he must be going crazy. Have you seen his comments in the press this week about life as a I saw he was angry about them asking him about Harry Kane all the time. No, this was a bit different. So he, he's lost three friends in the last month. So Gianluca Vialli, Sinisa Mihailovic and the other guy whose name I can't remember. And he was talking about the toll that football takes on you, particularly as his wife and daughter are still living out in Italy while his daughter uh, goes through her education. So I think he was trying to talk about the sort of the human side to being a football manager as well. It's quite interesting. Uh, I mean, he's incredibly well remunerated for it. But at the same time, you miss your family. You miss your family, don't you? I don't think... More yeah, than the money in the world can pay up for that. Um, Alvarez, Harlan, two goals from Riyad Mahrez, three goals in 12 minutes. Um, are we getting our sort of Larissa out hats on and pointing bony fingers at him, saying he's at fault for at least one of those goals? Well, he was, though, wasn't he? And he was at fault for a goal in the North London derby in the oh, game yes. before. He was, yes. 
So the one he's is at fault. He's having a great whole time, is he, since the World Cup? Yeah, so the goal he was at fault for, that was the one where he was beaten at his near post, which, if you speak to Justin Bryant, um, goalkeeper extraordinaire, he will say it doesn't matter about being beaten at your near post. It matters, though, doesn't it? You, you tell Justin that. <laughs> um, I'll find him. I mean, it's very easy. You're in a WhatsApp group with him. It's incredibly easy to find him. If you've got the balls <laughs> I'll to say... i play tennis. It'll be fine. I'll, I'll find him. If you've got the balls to say it to him in a group, then, you know, go ahead. If you haven't, then... <laughs> <laughs> Staring my little pot there. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so Pep was quite unhappy after the game with his players. Understandably so, I guess, because if you go into a, a, um, a match 2-0 down at half-time, you are sort of setting yourself up for a hiding to nothing um, Spurs are now five points behind Newcastle in fourth place Newcastle having played a game fewer as well so um, they're not a million miles out of this it's not like they're sat sort of down with Chelsea and Liverpool Spurs they're still sort of in and around this fourth place spot aren't they they are but for how long uh, yes I mean their recent run of form isn't brilliant is it so amazing, no. And if you're losing two goal leads, it's not what you want. No, uh, uh, behind them, they're on 33. So Fulham on 31, and then Brighton 30. Brentford 29. I mean, then it's Liverpool and Chelsea, so I guess you can count those out. Um. <laughs> Almost certainly. <laughs> um, I, just, I just wonder if Spurs are now experiencing what Arsenal did. It's, it's taken Arsenal in reality, I mean if you ignore the, the season Leicester won the league where Arsenal were kind of in a title race but also not really hmm. um, it's taken them 17 years from when they opened the Emirates to kind of get themselves out from that financial hole and be in a position to spend the likes of 45 million on Gabriel Jesus and and build a squad and and so on again and I just wonder if Spurs are now going to kind of suffer a similar fate where Conte has spoken constantly about the need for more reinforcements and I wonder if that's because behind the scenes he's being told well we've got a stadium to pay for so you'll take what you get and you'll you'll like it but he knew that when he was turning up didn't he I mean, I assume he did. Uh, I think Conte needs to take some blame for what's happened this season. I think he clearly has a way of playing, um, which is fine. It, it works for him. He's been very successful at just about every club he's gone to. Some of the players he's brought in to fill some of those positions don't work for me. I think Dejan Kulisevsky's a, a fantastic player, very talented, good in the ball, good finisher as hmm. he as he's been asked to be at various points this season a right wing back no right. Um, but again how much is that is Conte getting to make the decisions on which players are being brought in is he is he being given what's the phrase is it being given chicken shit and trying to make chicken salad um, <laughs> I've not heard that phrase before I might have just completely made that up. If I've if I've made that up and that's not an actual thing, I'm I'm claiming that one. Yeah, you um, should. That's a good one. You're proud of that. But yeah, I just I, 
we don't know what goes on behind the scenes at a lot of these clubs. Conte, I suppose, if, if anybody was going to kind of just go out there and, and call it as it is, would do so. So mm. we'll, we'll maybe see what happens if this frustration continues for him. But yeah, there's there, there has to be an element of him trying to make work the players that the director of football is essentially saying. I think they've got a director of football at the moment, don't they? I think they must do. Yeah. Did you have a long hot shower and scrub yourself clean with bleach for cheering Arsenal uh, for cheering Spurs on for? <laughs> <laughs> I, I must admit I didn't actually. I, I, I just kind of cheer on Spurs. No, sorry, Jesse. If you do end up <laughs> joining us, but um, no, it's we, we've spoken on this podcast very recently, Chris, about the fact that I'm I'm still. The, the pessimist in me still thinks at some point City are going to catch fire mm. and are going to go on a run and the lead's already down to what five points because of the the draw Arsenal had with Newcastle recently yeah. City to their credit <clears throat> I mean they didn't they didn't give up they've not been in great form this season but when they needed to dig in and get the result they did mm. um yeah, I don't. I, I still don't think Arsenal are going to win the league. I'll keep hoping I'm got that one day I'm just going to wake up and go, fucking hell, we're actually going to win this. No, but, um, I understand. It's not happened yet. I understand completely how you feel. I mean, when Liverpool won the league and they're about twenty points clear, and then started drawing the odd game and all this sort of thing, when we had to break the COVID, I was like, please, until yeah. it's. Oh, I know how far ahead we are, and we are going to win it, but I'm not going to be cheering a thing until. Um, until it's mathematically certain. So, yeah. Oh, I was so worried about you when that was happening. <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to die. It was a uh, it was a stressful few weeks, I can tell you that. That's really kind of you, because that was only a year after you came on here, um, having had your ass kicked at Anfield. <laughs> Never forgive. <laughs> Always remember. Always remember, yeah. <laughs> Okay, right, so that's games that have been played this week. Um, how about we move on to a new feature on Man of the Post called Racism Corner? Woo! Woo! So following on from Sexual Assault Corner, uh, which, um, with breaking news, could have easily made an appearance <laughs> this week. Uh, so we're going to talk about John Yems. Uh, Emma, does this name mean anything to you? It doesn't. Absolutely nothing. Uh, I'm looking forward to finding out what a massive racist he is. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say he's a massive racist because um, he uh, was the former manager of Crawley Town uh, and he uh, was removed from his position because of allegations of racism uh, came up. The Football Association uh, uh, brought together an independent panel. Nobody's quite sure who was on this independent panel who found him guilty of several uh, of the comments alleged against him. He's got an 18-month ban from football. Uh, but when you say he was a massive racist, they said, quote-unquote, he's not a conscious racist. Uh, so would you like to hear some of the words this unconscious racist said? And then Absolutely. You, and then you can decide at the end whether you think he's a conscious racist or not. I am an independent panel. You are. Okay. So, are you there with your independent You've got your sort of power suit on, sat behind a table and sucking your pen and waiting to listen? Absolutely. Okay. Describe Muslim terrorists of the squad as... Uh, uh, sorry, Muslim members of the squad as terrorists. Um, del <laughs> deliberately mispronounced the second half of Arnold Schwarzenegger's name to emphasise the N-word. 
Uh, we're getting grim here, aren't we? Uh, used racial stereotypes of black player of African origin by asking if you like jerk chicken, which apparently is a Caribbean thing, not an African thing. So. Right. Uh, Tom Muslim players, you blow up stuff with vests, said that an Iraqi youth uh, international at the club would probably blow up the stadium. Uh, repeatedly made carriments about another player, quote unquote, carrying a bomb in his bag, called one player a curry muncher, and asked if the player was unhappy that they didn't serve curry pizza. And finally, made remark to one player about how dark his skin is on return to Crawley after representing Grenada. Now, are those the comments do you think of a conscious or unconscious racist? Uh, it doesn't feel very unconscious to me. <laughs> it feels quite blatantly racist. Now, he was found guilty of this earlier on this week. The very next day, he went on to a national um, radio station here called, in this country, called Talk Sport, which is basically, you know, like... Radio. Home of the races. <laughs> Football phone-ins and things like that all day long. So, he went on there to explain himself, uh, and bearing in mind what he's just said and what you've heard he was found guilty of, uh, he said in Talk Sport, quote-unquote, if anybody needs an apology, I think I do. What for? <laughs> Because what no did one... he do? <laughs> Tell me about the hardship that he suffered. <laughs> you listened to this as well, didn't you, Andy? Uh, something along the lines of nobody told him you're not allowed to say these things anymore. Yeah, I mean, the only way this could be... The only way he could be an unconscious racist if he was somehow sleepwalking his way into the stadium every day and saying these things while sleepwalking. Um, there's no way you can look at these things and suggest that they... they they are anything other than entirely conscious. Um, it's, it was a staggering interview I heard with, with Jim White. It was I've never heard someone so unrepentant mm. when presented with evidence of what he'd done. Um, he hit out with the old, I was brought up in a different time. Um, the usual, so therefore I should get away with saying these things. Um I didn't mean anything by them. Nonsense. It's, it's absolute nonsense. Um, the fact that the FA found him guilty but deemed him not to be a conscious racist is somehow even more a slap in the face. Well, it's not it's like, it, it, oh, we know you've said they things, but I will ruffle your hair and send you at the door. The FA are at pains to say it wasn't them. It's was their independent panel, and they're actually seeking legal advice on, on this. Right. Um okay. Yeah, so... Uh, I, I mean, who was their independent panel? Was well, like yeah, no one knows. <laughs> Alex Jones, yeah. And, uh, and Richard Spencer? Or... <laughs> Nobody quite knows um, who the who the independent panel was. He did think that some of the allegations came from players he was about to release at the end of their contract, so there might be some vindictiveness there. Um, no. Yes. No. I mean, would you like me to send the audio of this up to you afterwards so you can listen Please. to this? Please. Yeah. <laughs> I would do that for you. I've never been more convinced that that person, one, voted for Brexit, and two, thinks Jeremy Clarkson is some sort of <laughs> folk hero. I don't think people have looked at the case with open-mindedness, and I think if you go in there, there's a few apologies that should be coming my way. The thing that I've done is wrong, it's been highlighted to me, it's been shown to me, there's certain things you can't say or do. If that's the rules now, and that's what's supposed to be done, then let people know. So this guy needed to be let known that you shouldn't call. Right, okay, so he, <laughs> he wants people to apologise to him. Yeah. Because they didn't tell him not to be racist. <laughs> that's kind of it. 
Right. Okay. I'm definitely sending this audio. Yeah, he's got us there, right? Yeah, we, <laughs> we should have told him. <laughs> There's a letter going to be sent out to every person in the country with a list of racist <laughs> terms you're not allowed to say anymore. Uh, yeah. Um, also, this week, the AFF Mitsubishi Cup. This is uh, the former Suzuki Cup, which uh, you watched a couple of years ago, Emma, um, as I sent you the links because you were again unemployed. Um, and yes. <laughs> uh, Thailand beat Vietnam 1 0 on Monday, uh, winning the entire thing 3 2 on Are aggregate. These ones where, the place, where they were playing in really nice stadiums. That's the really one. Really nice backdrops. That's the one. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, well, also, uh, at the moment, as you're a lady with uh, a lady of leisure, it's the um, mm -hmm. Under-17s Oceania Championships. Now, these are all being played in various different islands uh, of Oceania. I do want you to alert you to the fact that the Australian Open is on, and I've, I've, I've got things. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, you're, you're still sort I also of... own a PlayStation 5. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Your Australasian time zones are covered for the next week and a bit. Of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Okay, um, Sarah Bjork uh, Gunners dot here. Uh, she's won a maternity claim against her former club, Leon, uh, that she um, wasn't paid the full amount during her pregnancy. The club must pay her €82,000 in 45 days, or if they don't, they face a transfer ban. Um, are both of you across this news or not? Um, yes. Emma, are, you are. Moment. Uh, <laughs> Emma, uh, are you surprised that this sort of thing still goes on in 2023? I guess no, of not. course I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> of course that goes on, and of course they thought, yeah, I bet we can, I bet we can save some money and not pay her. This is outrageous. I mean, I I don't get it. And I'm glad that she took them to court, and I'm glad that she's made an example of them, and she's getting what she's owed. Yes. Um. Do you, uh, obviously these are professional athletes, and I guess this is the same for a lot of sports, do women tend to put their uh, families on hold? So if, if, you, if you're a, a female athlete, do you put, on having, put off having children until after you've retired, or is it a, a common thing to become pregnant whilst playing? I think that certainly was a thing that did happen more so in the past and doesn't, and is more acceptable not to do that now. Like if you look at uh, uh, Naomi Osaka, yes, she's pregnant. Yes, and she's like what twenty three. Yeah, good so for her. So she's got a a career to come back to. Serena was pregnant. She had a career to come back to. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to be an obstacle as much as it used to be anymore. Mm. Well, Marie, Maria Sharapova waited till after she retired to become artificially inseminated, didn't she? I can't believe... She had to stop those drugs, Chris. She I... had to stop those drugs. I can't believe she let any man near her, so it must have been some sort of <laughs> other method. <laughs> She's still saving herself. Yeah, that's what it is. She's waiting to come to Cornwall, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> She's on her way, I'm sure. Yeah, well, uh, let's hope. Um... Oh, uh, this is the other thing I was going to say. Uh, Said Al Sad, uh, the president of the Comoros FA, has said members of the Comoros national team uh, cheated COVID tests and played at last year's African Nations whilst um, positive. So I think it was their first appearance at the AFCON. They certainly did better than expected. They got to the knockout stages and eventually had to play an outfield player in goal. Uh, because of so many COVID cases. Now, given this is quite a big story uh, and quite a sort of, I imagine if you're the head of the Comoros FA or the president of the Comoros FA, this is quite a work-related um, matter. Where do you think he announced this? 
beach. The beach. Jail. Jail. Andy, any guesses? Brothel. Not a brothel. His own wedding reception. It was. His... <laughs> <laughs> it was his speech at his wedding reception. Most random. <laughs> What an anecdote to throw in there. Yeah, so, you know, he could have talked about how much he loved his wife and he's looking forward to the future life together and, you know, all this sort of thing. No, he chose to talk about that instead. So was it like, till death does part? And speaking of death, till, uh, <laughs> till death part. I'm not vaccinated and I've been hanging around loads and loads of <laughs> infected players. Yeah, imagine when you get married, Emma, imagine if... Um, Mr. Emma stands up and uh, makes a speech about his job and how he shafted a load of people on purpose. Honestly, I will laugh and applaud and I, I, I don't think I could possibly be prouder. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, uh, transfers. So, some transfers that happened this week. So, Leandro Trossard has happened today, hasn't it, Andy? £21 million, pounds, is it? It has, yes. It, it, it's strange. I mean, obviously, the, the, the big thing for Arsenal this uh, this last few weeks has been their attempts to sign Mudrick from mm. from Shakhtar. Um, in some ways, it kind of feels like they've come out of this the winner because Chelsea have bought a very talented player but someone who they're going to need to bed in and, and hope that he settles in England and, and so on obviously he's coming from an, an awful situation uh, in Ukraine but so we don't know how he'll settle to Arsenal paying a quarter of what they were likely going to have to pay for Mudrik for a player who's an established international and perhaps more importantly is established at a kind of top half Premier League club, so hmm. yeah, it's um, it's been it's been odd, it's been circuitous. <clears throat> I think is uh, how I would describe their, their transfer uh, policy the last few weeks. But yeah, it, it seems like a good deal all round. Trussard no longer happy at Brighton. Deserve quite happy to get rid of a, a player that he feared could cause issues in the hmm. dressing room. Um, yeah, it <clears throat> seems like a win-win for for both parties. Yeah, and Leandro Trossard, <clears throat> excuse me, Leandro Trossard, uh, until this season, because he's a bit more prolific, he's kind of struck me as one of these footballers um, who is incredibly good player. You can see he's a gifted player and he's, um, he's very talented, but as a striker, doesn't score enough goals. Um, and that was certainly a problem under Potter, wasn't it? It's less so this season at Brighton. Um, yeah, are you worried about I mean, that? I mean, he's all? more of a. I've always viewed Trossard as more of a, a wide player. Okay. Uh, not a winger. He's obviously someone who prefers to cut inside on his right foot and so on. So maybe more in the mould of a, 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 a player. I'm not suggesting he's at their level, but players like Thierry Henry, Kylian Mbappe, who like to play the same way on the left wing, cut inside onto the right foot and see what they can cause from there. I don't expect Trossard has been brought in, certainly not this season, as a starter. Mm. Um, I think he'll definitely start a few games, but the one thing I think, and uh, Gary Neville kind of hinted as much at the weekend that Arsenal have got a very good starting eleven. it's when you get outside that eleven that you would probably start to worry. Um, Trossard is a good answer to that, I think. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I think it will be a successful transfer and in today's market 21 million for an inner prime 
European international, I think, is is pretty good business. Yeah, was he out of contract in the summer? I don't think it's this summer. I think I think it was what eighteen months left okay. in his contract. But he, he basically told Brighton he wasn't interested in signing a new contract, and they've decided to to cut their cut their losses. Yeah, fair enough. Is that good business, Emma? Do you think Trossard? Uh, did I read something about him being disruptive, and mm. that's why that they um, that's why he got dropped? Yes. You in the first place. You read correctly. Ah, okay. Uh, I find that interesting since um, Arteta is kind of building a harmonious place. Mm. For, I wonder how that will fit in. I was um, I was thinking when you were saying that, are you, were you trying to insinuate that they just signed the Belgian Gabriel Jesus who also doesn't score enough goals? <laughs> Um, me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess a little bit. Yeah, he's never struck me as, as a 20-goal-a-season striker. I mean, I don't suppose you get that. No, it's tw- he's not. No, but then maybe his strengths lie elsewhere, I guess. Mm, are they strengths that are needed, though? Uh, Andy's probably the best one to answer that, because he watches them more than me. Well, again, I think that's 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 why I've said I don't think he'll he'll start every mm-hmm. game. I think he has been brought in more as a player to spell some of the ones who are currently starting games. Um, so obviously, Gabriel's he's just been out at the moment does open up some possibilities for for Trossard. But um, yeah, I can't imagine Arteta will want to mess with a currently winning formula too much. So I would expect to see plenty of 20, 30 minute cameos from Trossard um, and then the occasional start to give someone a rest. And then maybe next season he looks to push more into a, a kind of permanent starting role. Okay. Um, also today, Chris Wood has gone to Nottingham Forest on loan. Uh, Danny Ings has gone to West Ham for 15 million quid. Um, Gon- uh, Gonzalo Guides has gone from Wolves to Benfica uh, on loan, which was... Uh, Bit of a surprise because he only joined Wolves in the summer for about thirty million quid. Oh yeah, he didn't last long, did he? No. Um, was he from Valencia? Peter Lopetegui would have kept him around. That's weird. Mm. Was he... Yeah, Lopetegui. There's there's quotes from Lopetegui today actually stating that uh, it's it's been clear for a while that Guedes isn't terribly happy there. Uh... He's not questioning his attitude at all or anything. I, I think it is potentially a a lifestyle issue. Maybe he's a bit homesick. So, yeah, hence why they've, they've let him go on loan to Benfica. Lopetegui says he's, he's not interested in keeping players there who aren't happy. So, My mind boggles every time a player from a hot country moves to a football club in this country. <laughs> <laughs> why put yourself through that? <laughs> it's hard to believe that a man who was playing for Valencia would be unhappy about being in the Wolverhampton <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And as quick as he can, he's gone off to Portugal. I mean, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if, given given Wolves' propensity for signing Portuguese players, I wonder if Guedes just thought this was some kind of like South Korean national service. <laughs> he got to go to Wolverhampton for twelve months and then and then move back. <laughs> yeah, um, young someone's gone to buy Munich for seven million pounds. After we've all heard what uh, Mama Neuer has done, have we? 
Uh, yeah, didn't he break his leg when he went skiing? He did. Um, Pablo Sarabia <laughs> has gone to Wolves uh, for almost four and a half million pounds um, from PSG. Uh, Forrest have been spending again sixty million pounds on Danilo Palmeiras. Um, and yeah, finally Mudrick, uh, a very happy looking Mudrick has gone to Chelsea. He really doesn't want to be there, does he? Look at those hostage photos they seem to have. No, I don't think that. That man's from a war zone. <laughs> have you seen the photos? Yeah, but you can't say it's hostage photos. <laughs> sorry. I'm sure that's happening to his people. Okay, well, I'm sorry for any hostages listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they are. I'm great. Stuck in some prison cell somewhere in five years solitary confinement and all they've got to listen to is me. Um... <laughs> it's just this Metallica that they're torturing him with. <laughs> Do you imagine <laughs> Somewhere in Guantanamo Bay, someone has listened to a man on the post from like sort of 2015 or something. <laughs> <laughs> the American's pumping it into his cell. Um, well, that's almost the end of transfer news, but uh, someone who has transferred out of the marital home is Shakira, Emma. Oh, Team Shakira all the way. We are. So, what are this week's events? So, she's released a song, has she? She did. Uh, and the li- it's amazing. You should listen to it. <laughs> oh, I've read the lyrics. So the lyrics are talking about you swapped a Ferrari for a Twingo and a Rolex for a Casio. Is that right? Yeah. And then Piquet got Casio to sponsor the Kings League thing, which he's involved with, and then turned up to one of his business meetings in a Twingo because he thinks he's funny. <laughs> yeah, I was sort of cringing for him a little bit. But did you find it's out? Desperately sad. <laughs> did you guys find out how she realised that he was cheating on her? Yes, because of a jar of jam. Yeah. So what happened? Uh, well, apparently PK doesn't eat it, neither do her kids. And she got home from being on tour or something, and uh, found the jar of jam empty in the fridge. But he could have just said, "Oh, it was my mum and dad's or something." Yeah, I mean, you know, there was other evidence of the fact that she'd been the woman he'd been having an affair with was spotted in um, uh, streams on Twitch that he was doing. Oh, <laughs> like months before, months and months before. Yeah. Andy, would you cheat on Shakira if you were married to her? I would. I would like to think not. No. <laughs> no, not because she's Shakira, just because I'd like to think I'm a wee bit better than that. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Apparently, also, um, Piquet's mom lives. Oh like, no, this is opposite. Oh, okay. I thought this was like a Gavi situation. And apparently, she's building. She put like a life-size, like cutout of herself in the balcony so she could see it. <laughs> and apparently, she's building a wall. Well, she's got a life lock her out. Sorry, say this again. She's got a life size. Yeah. So PK's mom's got a life size cut out no, 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 of no, her. No, 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 Shakira did that. Oh, I don't okay. know what it was about. I right. don't understand. They've been married a long time to not get on with your mother-in-law. <laughs> well, I imagine that she's taken his side. Well, I guess so. Yeah. But it's all fabulously petty in a soap opera, and it's <laughs> amazing. So who's who's the uh, the lady that um, Shakira's been cuckolded for? Is she just a, a random person, or is she famous? No, not at all. She's like twenty years younger than Shakira. 
at least. Um, and she was the hostess at a nightclub that PK went to, and mm. now she works for PK's company. Oh, uh, okay. She yeah. probably, yeah, I mean, 20 years younger, she probably still looks the same age as Shakira. Yeah, Shakira looks amazing. So, there we go. Uh, right, okay, let's, oh, um, oh gosh, I've got another page. It is nearly 45 minutes in, and I've got, another three, I've got an extra page of reading I didn't think I'd have. Uh, okay, so, um, leagues this weekend in Spain, Barcelona top on 41 points, Real Madrid on 38, uh, Real Sociedad on 35, then Atletico Madrid on 28. So, this weekend, it's Rai Vaicano versus Real Sociedad. Uh, Atleti versus Real Valladolid, um, Barcelona versus Getafe, and probably the game of the weekend is Athletic Bilbao versus Real Madrid. Emma, are you going to watch any of these? Uh, I might watch Barcelona. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, are you liking them again now? No. No? I mean, they're top no, of the league, and you've got. Changed? Tell me what's changed. You've got a club legend in charge, and you're top of the league. Uh-huh. I mean, to be fair, previously you had a club legend in charge as well. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, we did. And has that fixed the fact that the president still wants the Super League to be a thing? No, but there's that more a personal thing from him rather than an institutional no, thing for the club. No, it's a money thing. I know, I, know, I, know it's, I know it's a money thing, but does that opinion represent that of Football Club Barcelona or is that just his opinion? Well, yeah, it has to because it's the president. El Presidente. Yeah. God, I hate him. What an <laughs> asshole. Uh, it, it's, like, been... it's still a mess. Like that, none of that's changed. Just because they're top of the league does not mean the problems have gone away. Oh, I did. They certainly have not. I was talking to a Chelsea fan on Twitter yesterday who said that uh, Frank Kessier to Chelsea on loan could be a thing. Yeah, probably because he's not getting a, a look in, in the first team. Uh, and Memphis is now an Atleti player. Yeah, he joined Atletico Madrid. Good for him. Yeah, he deserves better. Have you still got Braithwaite? Oh no, he's Espanol, no, isn't he? Espanol. Ah, yeah. that's right. Uh, okay, right. Breaking news in Italy. Um, beep, 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 beep. Apparently, Juventus have been hit with a 15-point deduction. I don't know any more than that because we've been recording and Rossbelt underscore underscore tells us not to look at our phones while recording. I will hazard a guess that it's to do with the fact that... Uh, the issue that everybody resigned for the chairman oh Nick yes uh, Agnelli everybody yeah yeah okay. well when I wrote this out earlier on today um, Napoli were top on 47 points which I guess they still are Milan are on 38 Juventus were on 37 as uh, are uh, Inter in fourth place so this weekend Salernitana versus Napoli Inter versus Empoli weirdly Milan don't play till Tuesday when they play Lazio uh, and Juventus play Atalanta uh, on Saturday night it's the Coupe de France this weekend so there's no French games um, Germany they're back uh, behind the top of 34 points then it's Freiburg on 30 RB Leipzig 28 Frankfurt 27 so tonight as we record this on Friday uh, Leipzig are playing Bayern um, Frankfurt playing Schalke and Wolfsburg are playing Freiburg. Elsewhere in the world, it is the Cairo derby, al Ahly versus Zamlek. Now, if you're a fan of ultras and TIFO and noisy football, uh, this is certainly one to find on uh, a stream somewhere and watch. Uh, in the championship, it's the uh, Tees Weir derby as Middlesbrough play Sunderland. Um, in Chile, it is the Clásico de Colonias. Emma, it's the mm-hmm. Clásico of the Colonies. Mm-hmm. Who might that be? Uh, I have no idea. I'm not. I'm not from Chile. Speak it. <laughs> oh, do you mean the? Do you mean the? The? Yeah. Okay. It was Spain. 
Yeah, it was one of yours. They speak it. They speak Spanish over there, don't they? They do, yeah. Uh, so it is uh, Deportiva Palestina versus. A Pal- I thought you meant who the game was between. I was like, I have no <laughs> it, idea. Yeah, that's what I did mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. God's sakes. Um, okay, so it's Deportiva. Sorry. We don't know either. You don't. Well, I, I found out. I mean, these you know these are your people or were your people. <laughs> Until you let them go. Yes, that's right. I should be across every team in the Spanish-speaking world. You're absolutely right. No, you're right. My bad. Exactly. Uh, okay, so Deportiva Palestina, uh, Palestino versus Audax Italiano. Um, in the Netherlands, it's uh, the Classica. Andy, what would that stand for in English? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I'm assuming it's the Classic. I think you might be right. Who might the classic be then? There's three big teams, obviously, in Holland or Netherlands. Who could uh, this be? I'm going to guess Ajax, PSV. Oh, Feyenoord Ajax. Ah. Uh, and finally, it's the Scottish Cup this weekend. Hibs play hearts, don't they? They do. How do you think that was going to get a thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, hearts have come off the back of a pretty fantastic 5-0 win over Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Um that felt at least partially motivated by comments that Michael Beale made after they played Aberdeen recently and he very clearly stated that he thought Aberdeen were the third best team in the country. Oh, okay. To which Hearts fairly publicly said, oh, we'll show you. Uh, <laughs> and then proceeded to do so by beating Aberdeen 5-0. So they'll be coming into that game with all the confidence in the world. Hibs are are consistently inconsistent I think would be the phrase um, so Hearts will Hearts, I mean as with any derby it can be difficult to predict but I think Hearts will, will come into that one with the confidence OK uh, are Rangers still in the Scottish Cup? I don't know I should know the answer to that yes <laughs> I can't remember who they put I can't remember who they put it there's a man full of confidence in his team <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I've, I've always so much football, Chris. You know, I've got to keep my eye on the Oceanic playoffs or whatever it is you make as well <laughs> before we come on here. So, you know, there's so much I can take in. Okay. Yeah, I've got the entire Spanish speaking world. <laughs> <laughs> cannot believe you didn't know who the, the big know, game in Chile was between. Well, I mean, okay, you can be our correspondent. You're obviously our Scottish correspondent. So, the other Scottish speaking places in the world, you've got New Caledonia. Yeah, I was thinking that that means I kind of need to, if, if you look at countries that traditionally have very good relationships with uh, Scotland, I imagine that means I would have to keep an eye on Canada and Australia. And France, the old enemy. Or the old alliance. That's Sorry. true. I, why these days, us and France are just going to do the old pencil movement. Thing, <laughs> and that'll be it for years. True. Well, I'll hold Andy Murray as a hostage. You, you, what is it you, with you and hostages? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a second job as a sort of hijacker. I've got to pay the bills. <laughs> I've got to pay the bills in the cost of living crisis. So you do what you got to do, haven't you? Yeah, fair. Yeah? Fair. Uh, well-known fact, Chrissy's middle name, Fretzel. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you're on to me. Uh, right, okay, so... Um, 
we go from one angry Scott on our podcast to another one because the Premier League on Saturday is uh, Liverpool versus Chelsea, twelve thirty. The David Speedy Derby. Is he is he in your top five angriest Scots ever? Oh God, he wouldn't even touch the top twenty. Come on. Oh really? Okay, <laughs> I always... know many more angry Scots. <laughs> he always seemed to have a bee in his bonnet. David Speedy was maybe he'd, I think that was less angry Scott and more short man syndrome I think you're probably right actually um, yeah Darwin Nunes is back for um, for Liverpool uh, Mudrick could well be making his debut Jean Felix is still suspended after his marvellous performance against Fulham um, this is Jurgen Klopp's 1000th game as a manager that's pretty impressive isn't it guys should we say some nice things about Jurgen Klopp for a minute nope <laughs> nah I'm good Fair enough. make it through a full a minute. <laughs> uh, Cesar Aspiriqueta, if he is chosen, will make his 500th Chelsea appearance. That surprised me quite a lot that he's made that many. No, that's a big deal. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the, we should be, we have a parade for him. <laughs> <laughs> Ticket tape parade. Is he the club captain, though? He is, but, I mean, there you go. that does, I'm trying to think when he might have joined them, but that does seem an awful lot of games. It does. No, you're right. Cesar Aspilicueta. He joined Chelsea in 2012. Yeah, I mean, he has been incredibly consistent. Also incredibly, I, I guess you could say lucky in terms of injuries and so on. You know, he doesn't miss a lot of games in a season. So 500 across, what would that be? 10, 10 and a half seasons. Seems about, seems about right. Yeah, although weirdly, according to Wikipedia, he's only made 340. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to go to... Where are we? What time is it tomorrow? Saturday. Let's have a look. I got this on the BBC Sport website. I'm sure I did. Is there a chance that you've written the numbers down wrong? No! Oh, no, no BBC website, Cesar Aspilicueta is set to make his 500th appearance for the Blues this weekend. All competitions... Uh, is that what Wikipedia is not? Wikipedia only with mentioning... Oh, no, it says Wikipedia, senior career, Chelsea, 340. <laughs> Someone's not updated his Wikipedia page for a long time. No, he comes from Zizor Mayor in Spain. That's not right, can it? <laughs> Zizor Mayor. Where can, where, can't it be right? Where might that be? Z-I-Z-U-R. Uh, two words, Z-I-Z-U-R, and then M-A-Y-O-R. I actually no idea where that is. This is all my all. If I find out that it's like next door to Barcelona, I'm going to be really upset. No, it's in Navarra. Oh, well, yeah. It's in Dave Navarra from James um, Addiction. <laughs> Dave Navarra from the Red Hot <laughs> Chili Peppers and James Addiction. Exactly. Yeah, that'll be him. They named it after him. Um... They did. How did you know? <laughs> uh, Liverpool have lost their last two in the league. Chelsea have got two wins out of ten in the Premier League. Um... With 22 league goals, this is the fewest goals Chelsea scored in the league since, at this stage since 95-96. Uh, Potter was renowned for not scoring many goals at Brighton. Um, how do we see this one going, guys? Ooh, terrible. Terrible. Who for? Both. Basket case versus basket case. What are you going to do? Does that not mean we'll have an entertaining game for the neutral, but a heart attack for any um, anyone with a vested interest in this? No, they'll just cancel each other out with boringness. No, you think? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Andy? Yeah, strange one, this one. It's, it's, it's two teams that at the start of the season you would have bet your house on both 
finishing top four mm. instead we're looking it's it's crazy how it just takes a few bad results for you to suddenly look at a team and realize the reality of it and i look at the midfields for both teams here mm. and i don't see a huge amount of quality tiago's an outstanding football player tiago's oh, probably there we go yes <laughs> yeah um he is by far uh, the best midfielder is going to take the field uh, for that game but outside of that you know Fabinho has looked a shadow of him, his former self for large parts of the season when when he's been available again I don't think that you should be starting a game in 2023 where there's a potential for you to end up with a central three of James Milner Jordan Henderson and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain yeah, no. I don't think that should be a thing that's fair um, but similarly, I don't think Chelsea, I think some of their signings have been poor. Um, I think Mason Mount has found that a struggle this season, given there's been a lot of kind of put on his shoulders. Um, Kai Havertz has been inconsistent, moody more often than not. Um, yeah, I don't know. This, you're right, this could be one of these games that's good just because both teams at the moment are quite bad. Hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't even predict this game because you don't know what Liverpool you're going to get one week to the next and Chelsea just haven't found their feet under Potter so I'll, I'll play the coward sing and pick a draw a Liverpool like a box of chocolates is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, I unfortunately at the moment it is more kind of box of foil wrapped shit rather than <laughs> <laughs> Rather than necessarily chocolates at the moment. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, I'm saying that as a Rangers fan. In. If you I know, I'm kind and just say that you were the coffee one that nobody likes. <laughs> like he's gone for shit, and I applaud that. <laughs> and it's much more apt. Um, three o'clock is uh, Bournemouth versus Nottingham Forest and Harry Arter Derby. Uh, Davies possibly for Chris Wood and for uh, Dango Otara for Bournemouth. Um, Dean Henderson and Tyro Awanidi are out for Forest. They're both big losses. Um, Bournemouth have lost 10 out of 12 in all competitions, uh, including all six since uh, Gary O'Neill was appointed permanent manager in November. Um, Forest, on the other hand, have got 10 points for the last five in the league, including winning their last two. So, uh, fortunes are changing round a little bit there for both these um, teams. Bournemouth appear to be sinking like a stone, as that stat suggests, doesn't it, guys? Yeah, yeah, Bournemouth, I mean, they, they obviously they kind of came out of the gates fairly quickly under Gary O'Neill, which led to him getting the job. Um that's never a recipe for success that you know just because a guy does a good job four or five games is nothing in the Premier League four or five games can take you from from 17th to like 8th or 9th but similarly it can also work the reverse um, and Nottingham Forest I think deserve huge credit for the turnaround because I think we probably all sat here six weeks into the season and thought well they're down definitely down and they've had quite the turnaround it looks like their uh, scorched earth policy of just replacing the entire starting 11 has worked hmm. for now I mean I think if you'd told uh, Steve Cooper at the start of the season that after the halfway point they'd be sitting with 20 points in 19 games and they'd have the likes of Leeds, Leicester, Wolves, West Ham Everton and Southampton all below them 
he would have bitten your hand off mm. for that. I've got, I've got no doubt of that. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, for me, this is an easy Forest win. Bournemouth, I think, are, are the only thing that's going to save Bournemouth is the form of the teams below them. Emma? Didn't Bournemouth get a big money takeover? Oh, yes, because it was the guy that played Wallace from The Wire is involved in it. Right. What's his name? So, is there any danger of them throwing a lot of money at the January transfer window and getting themselves out of it? Oof. Possibly, I'm not sure. Getting a real manager, for a start. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Not some sort of competition with it. <laughs> but I do think Boris will win. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Leicester versus Brighton, three o'clock in the Leonardo uh, Joa Derby. James Madison is a possibility of coming back. Um, Leicester have lost their last three at home in the league with uh, zero goals. Brighton, uh, their last two in the league, they've won four one and three 0 against Liverpool and um, well, Everton and Liverpool respectively. Um, Leicester have just signed someone, but I guess that's too late for the weekend. Um, I mean, for me personally, I can't see Brighton not winning this one. Yeah, same. Um, Easy win. Yeah. Um, Andy? Yeah, Leicester are another team in free fall. It, it kind of looked like they turned a corner just before the World Cup. World Cup came at the worst time for them, actually, in terms yeah. of... I mean, they, they started the season really badly as well, but it looked like they'd turned a corner. And then as soon as the World Cup was over, they came back and obviously, you know, had a real chance of beating Liverpool. The two fast on goals put a paid to that and it just has it, been getting gradually worse since so I don't think they'll sack Brand, uh, Brendan Rodgers and in some ways I think that might be the death knell for Leicester this season again the only thing that's going to keep them up I think will be the form of the teams underneath them so yeah Brighton uh, an easy one here I think yeah okay uh, where else are we off to next we're off to the south coast as uh, Southampton placed on Villa 3 o'clock in the Mark Draper derby um Ollie Watkins is possibly back. Uh, same for Theo Walcott. Um, both teams have sat their manager since they previously met in September. Uh, now, um, Nathan Jones has had a couple of wins, hasn't he? So he's beat Manchester City in a cup and then he had that win against Everton last week. Uh, and James Ward-Prowse has scored all four league goals for Southampton post-World Cup. So they also need to sort of improve that distribution a little bit. But Were they all free kicks? Um, probably not, not all of them were were they uh, I think he scored one from open play last week against Everton but yeah it wouldn't surprise me but um, this one's quite a tough one to call isn't it guys I don't mm, I, I'm not sure it is actually the, the, the difference with those two clubs is that they both sacked their manager but with all due respect one of them hired Nathan Jones and one of them hired Denai Emery <laughs> <laughs> um, who is a very good coach um, unbeaten in three in the league now Villa feels like they've turned the corner Emery seems to have found some new level of form from Leon Bailey yeah. uh, which I think is a big deal um, they've sold Danny Ings because frankly Danny Ings wasn't doing anything for them um, yeah I'm taking Villa for this one because at Southampton I think they've got Yes, they beat City, but that's the kind of performance you get from City every once in a while. Mm. Um, yeah, I think Villa will win this one. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, West Ham versus Everton, three o'clock in the. Uh, it was almost the David Unsworth derby. Do you remember what happened with that, Andy? Uh, no, I don't remember that one. He joined. I think it was from Everton. He joined West Ham, uh, and his wife realised very quickly within, I think, the space of a few hours, how much, how far down it all was, and away from <laughs> her family back up in um, in, in uh, the northwest. And he ended up going back to uh, Aston Villa. So I don't think he actually played for West Ham. Um, Danny Ings <laughs> will be available to make his debut. Kurt Zuma, uh, Cat Lover will be back. Um, I've written here Lampard hostile reception question mark because uh, despite the fact West Ham have lost, uh, well, despite the fact that in their last seven games West Ham have drawn one and lost six, Everton, their last 13, they've won one, drawn two, uh, and lost 10, uh, according to my maths. Um Frank Lampard famously sort of, I think the West Ham fans feel a weaseled out of their club back when he joined Chelsea. I don't think they've ever forgiven him for it. So if he has a bad result here, I think the West Ham fans were only too happy to let him know about it, weren't they? Yeah, I've spoken at length on this podcast before about my dislike of Frank Lampard. (laughs) You can keep doing it. We all hate him, I think. I feel like he is the English Roberto Martinez and that he seems to keep failing upwards. Mm. And I don't fully understand why. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he'll get... I understand why Everton fans are focusing their ire on the board, rightly so. Obviously, the amount of money they spent under the last couple of managers, particularly Ancelotti, for almost no return... Mm. It means that they deserve a huge amount of the credit, uh, credit, the the criticism. Um, and I, I guess in a way they should also get the criticism for hiring a manager who, other than one, I think what most people regard as now a fluke season with Chelsea, where he got them top four with the transfer ban. Mm. Has has not proven himself to be a, a, a top class manager, let alone one capable of keeping a team in the Premier League. Um, but then again, West Ham are in the same boat. I, I, I'm fairly certain I saw a rumour this week that suggested that Everton might look to get rid of Lampard and bring David Moyes back. Yeah, I saw that. Um, that seems bizarre given they're currently tied on points and have similarly wretched recent league records but um, who knows Yeah, yeah I, this game could go either way because both teams are are awful at the moment anyway you're a Frank Lampard apologist do you stick up for him? I'm absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> don't you tell me that <laughs> go on what do you reckon for this then? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if both managers got sacked after this game Oh, what, like an appalling nil-nil or something? Yeah, I think it'll be bad, really bad. And, it's, and I kind of hope that they both get sacked. That would be funny. It would be funny. Well, it would be really funny. As much as I want bad things to Frank Lampard, I don't want them to happen to him yet. I want him to take Everton down before the bad things happen to him. I kind of get the feeling that might already be happening. And I think they, they're not sure what's going to rescue them right now. But the thing is, if he does go now, before they are mathematically relegated, he's sort of got a, an out there, isn't he, to say, oh, it wasn't me that took them down. 
No, he still did, what, 70% of it. <laughs> he still gets covered with that brush. Fair enough. Uh, okay, um, Crystal Palace versus Newcastle, uh, half past five in the um, Yarn Kabai derby. Or Yarn Kebab, if you were um, joking in. Uh, <laughs> it's not racist. Have you not heard? That? Oh, yeah, this is, this is from about 10 years ago. So he was... Uh, he was appointed briefly Newcastle manager, Joe Kinnear was, um, and his first press conference, I think he offered two of the managers a fight, and then he went on <laughs> TalkSport and started saying about all these players he had signed, um, and he didn't, he hadn't signed them, and he kept getting players' names wrong, so he kept calling Yoan Kabai Yoan Kebab. Do you remember that, Andy? Uh, Andy's gone. I, I've, I, okay, that I've clearly remembered, yeah, the I know that that press conference has kind of gone down in infamy a little bit. I must admit, I didn't remember Johan Kebab. But also, that doesn't surprise me in any way whatsoever because if you've seen Joe Kinnear, he is the, he's like sentient gammon. <laughs> I don't, um, the thing is, I don't think he's with us anymore. So. Well, I mean, it was sentient gammon then. <laughs> was, uh, was, was, was an unconscious racist. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely unconscious racist, yes. Uh, yeah. I know he's definitely unconscious if he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Bruno Gimmerich is out. Crystal Palace, um, in their last eight, they won not drawn two, lost five. And in that period, Wilfred Zaha has got zero goals in six games. So, I mean, that doesn't seem like particularly a coincidence uh, when they stop winning when he stopped scoring. Newcastle are 14 and beaten in the league in five clean sheets, um, or clean sheets in their last five games. So, Looking at this, despite it being at Palace, you kind of think this is a Newcastle win, Emma? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Andy? Yeah, I can't see Palace winning. So, yeah. I don't really like Newcastle all that much, though. Well, no, I don't either. I mean, it's washing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Even after what I said about all those points they've got from losing positions, you still don't fancy them? No, because I think Liverpool have a very similar record about getting points from losing positions. Oh, we're terrible, so, yeah. Yeah, there you go then. <laughs> Andy? Yeah, you would expect Newcastle to win this one. As you said, Palace aren't in great form, not scoring many goals. The couple of draws that, that Newcastle had after coming back for the World Cup, I mean, it could, one of them was against Arsenal, to be fair, but the other one, I think, was a 0-0 with Fulham. Mm. Um, that might have kind of took the momentum a little bit but there's nothing better for getting momentum back than a last minute winner mm. as he's actually <clears throat> scored for them last week so yeah I, I would expect they'll, oh, they'll win this they one sent Isak. I know mm, yeah. um, Sunday 2 o'clock is Leeds versus Brentford in the Clive Wynard derby a uh, possible start for uh, the fantastically named new signing Giorgio Rutter Um Cooper and Cock could be back. We can have Rutter and Cock in the same starting lineup. How brilliant would that be? Amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, what else? That's your baseline. <laughs> like that, <Chris>. Definitely. <laughs> um, in the three Premier League meetings between these teams, have been fourteen goals. Um, Brentford are unbeaten in seven. Leeds is last fifteen in the league. They've drawn four, one, two, lost nine. So, uh, will Giorgio be the Rutter or the Rutty? Um, <laughs> Andy. What does that even mean? <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> well, will he be giving out or receiving the roots? Will he be the Messers or the Messies, to quote Chandler Bing? Chris, Brentford are going to win. Brentford are going to win. Okay. <laughs> Andy? 
Yes, I, I will also say Brentford will win and move on as quick as possible. <laughs> OK. Uh, Manchester City versus Wolves, uh, 2 o'clock, the Julian Lescott derby. City got a full score to choose from. Um, Daniel Podence has got three goals in his last four Premier League games. Now, uh, Erling Haaland, 22 goals. Um, a 23rd would equal the golden boot for the last three Premier League seasons. And we're in January, so he's he's going pretty good. Um, if Wolves lose, it'll be their thousandth loss in the top flight. Um that's got to be something worth aiming for, isn't it? you got to get the trophy for that, right? Yeah. Steve Ball, come on the pitch and hand you a trophy at the end. <laughs> they, they, they'll just bring on another. They'll find... Uh, no, they'll bring Eusebio. Is Eusebio still with us? I don't know. Or Eusebio's ghost. Regardless, <laughs> they will bring on some famous ex-Portuguese player, given that's... As I said, Wolverhampton is basically a Portuguese colony at this point. So. Ricardo Cresmo. Aye, they'll bring Ricardo Cresmo on and he'll uh, Travella uh, the trophy <laughs> into oh. the top corner. God, I'd love to see that. I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be one of my favourite players of the last 20 years. Um, finally, then Arsenal versus Manchester United. Half past four, Mikel Silvestre derby. Um, Casemiro suspended. Um, 11 out of 17 Premier League wins this season for... Arsenal have come on a Sunday and guess what day they're playing on Andy? Monday. <laughs> you scamp. <laughs> no. Real Arsenal fan thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're playing on Sunday. Uh, Manchester United oh. got Manchester United five away wins in the Premier League this season. I think they only managed six last season. Uh, all of them have been by one goal. So this suggests it could be quite a tight game. Um, we did touch on Casemiro versus Party a little bit earlier <laughs> on. How big a loss will Casemiro be for this game? I mean, will Fred come in and... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It could be worse. It could be McTominay. Are you, I mean, are you going to do the chest out, shoulders back and eyes closed and the thinking go wrong now? No, I'm not, because the one thing I will say is that um, the most difficult game Arsenal have had this season was against Man United in the, in the first league fixture. Um, United were excellent that day, played very well on the counter-attack, and of course Arsenal being at home, the, the impetus will be on them to, to do the attacking. Yeah. Um, Casemiro being missing will be a big miss. Um that just pro that probably frees Martin Odegaard up a little bit more than he might otherwise have been. <clears> it's <throat> difficult to see Fred or McTominay kind of tracking him around the pitch as well, or as much as, as Casemiro would have done. Hmm. Um, if you're going to hold a gun to my head, I will pick Arsenal to win narrowly, but it's I'm not overly confident about it just because I think Ten Hag has done a, a pretty sensational job at turning United round. Um, over the last couple of months Emma can you envision a scenario which someone holds a gun to Andy's head and of all the things they could demand it would be the Arsenal score <laughs> and like hostage for any reason a hostage yes <laughs> oh god now you've got me doing it <laughs> they could demand like but, for some reason for some reason me being Scottish and therefore self-deprecating I'm the hostage <laughs> how could that happen so they could demand anything from him. They could demand like his life savings or his car or something. But they all they want to know is what he thinks about the Arsenal game. <laughs> That's touching that you think I've got life savings. 
Um, your fixtures coming up, Andy, for, well, not yours, but Arsenal's fixtures coming up. You've got this United game um, coming up this weekend. And then you've got the Cup next Friday when you're away to Man City. Um, you've then got, uh, in the month of February, you've got Manchester City again. Um, but other than that, it, lo- it looks quite easy. So you've got Everton away, Brentford home, Villa away, Leicester at home. So, yeah, you look like you've got a fairly decent run other than the Cup and that one Manchester City game coming up. So, um, oh, if you do... both know. That's, oh. that's exactly when the Arsenaling starts. Oh, yeah, we're at this time of year, aren't we? This is about the time they lose to Bayern Munich in the last 16 of the Champions League. <laughs> um, the Arsenaling <laughs> will commence at some point. Well, you're tri- that's right. I was going to suggest it wouldn't be the end of the world if Arsenal do drop points this weekend. But, of course, it could well be the start of the end of the world, couldn't it, as you said, Emma? I mean, this is going to depend greatly on... Uh, whether City have turned a corner and in some ways the, the Spurs game does feel like one of those pivotal games that, that almost every team has before they go on the run that wins them a league title mm. I will say that I think if Arsenal escape the City league game not losing then I think they might win the league <gasps> I'm still no, no I, I'm, yes I'm, I think well, the, the fact is we're doing all of this the at the moment without... The Arsenal-ing! <laughs> did the Arsenal in at one point involve going an entire league season undefeated? You know, that, that, really we could turn ago. this... Aye, but we could still turn this round. Granite, I'm convinced. Granite Xhaka sat on the turf come sort of Crystal Palace away or something like um, William Gallas did at Birmingham all those years ago. I'd, can I just say on... Uh, Granit Xhaka, the the thing that did the rounds of the still frames of Mikel Arteta realising yeah. that Granit Xhaka needed stopped. Yes. Were outstanding. Oh. That one, that's a genuinely good piece of man management. <laughs> um, but also, Granit Xhaka still remains a law unto himself. I got, um, I got duped this week in something involving Mikel Arteta. Did you see Emma and the man on the, the main... Group I did see that, and of course that was an absolute <laughs> lie. It was a list of people that, the, the headline, the title was a list of people that have been to Epstein Island, Andy. Um, and obviously there's like names on there that you would imagine, so like Donald Trump and Barack Obama and Bill Clinton. Um, on that list was Mikel Arteta and, strangely, Callum Hudson-Odoi. <laughs> I find that really weird. I, yeah, I he still notice. thought it was legit. Well, I did, yes. <laughs> that was quite funny, because at first I'm looking at it and going, oh, what are you people doing going to that island? And then I looked at it and I thought, no, hold on. This has been pulled together by some Brexiteer or something who really doesn't like some of the people on this list. Because it's all, it was all full of people who've made public statements in criticism of Trump or of Putin or stuff like that. And I thought, right, OK, Elon Musk has probably drawn this list up himself. Um, Can you I, that was that was quite Callum Hudson Adoy was an <laughs> inspired choice to put on that list. Can you imagine getting onto a private plane and there opposite you is Donald Trump and then obviously Prince Andrew and you know all these sort of the most powerful people in the world and there in his training Chelsea kit is Callum Hudson Adoy. 
I was trying to think of who would be the most mundane and therefore stupid inclusion in something like that, and my mind kept going back to like Mark Taylor Fletcher. Was it was it Mark Taylor Fletcher? Gary Taylor Fletcher. Used to play for, Gary Taylor Fletcher yeah. used to play for Blackpool. Yes. I just thought of this really. <laughs> what would be the most mundane name you could put on that list? <laughs> Gary Taylor Fletcher was the name I kept coming back to. <laughs> Can you imagine if the police sort of turned up and raided and, you know, we've got all these people in custody. Are you Callum Hudson and Doink? What are you doing here? <laughs> I just love the idea I'd like them raiding Trump or something first and Trump hurriedly phoning Hudson and Doink. <laughs> just going, quick, burn it all. Burn it all. <laughs> That's magnificent. Uh, right, okay, that brings us to the end of our Premier League roundup. Any other business from anybody? No. Okay. So we're the Man of the Post, part of the Man on the Post network. Uh, Dave, Carl, Simon, and Ali will be back uh, after the weekend to review the games that we've been previewing here. You can find us on Twitter and, and Instagram at Man of the Post. You can find us on Facebook and give us a like on there as well. Um, you can uh, download us from your podcast app of your choice if you like what you hear. You can rate and review us. Uh, all uh, all positive reviews sort of help push us up the uh, iTunes algorithm. Um, and if they want to follow you on Twitter uh, and every time you message Andy you you don't get a reply but you get a little like back in return how do they do that? Indeed yeah as I say I'm just a content aggregator on Twitter these days if you, if you do want to hear the occasional left wing ramblings of a Scottish socialist you can find me at Sight Tyson He never replies Emma Good for him <laughs> That's not the answer I wanted That's... Oh, so that's not, that's a lie. I reply to everybody else. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, Chris, what do you think it means that Andy doesn't to <laughs> I think I'm getting it slowly. <laughs> There's a candle going on inside my head that's, you know, it's yeah, flickering. <laughs> it's flickering, but I can still see. <laughs> uh, Emma, they can't follow you, can they? They absolutely can't. But how do they follow you, Chris? Uh, they follow me at Etchingham 77 uh, Guys, thank you ever so much. It's been tremendous fun. Thank you very much, both of you. Uh, and always remember to keep your man on the post. Mm-hmm.